0: Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Anything that move! I don't get hold of Give me everything you got! Play fast, play hard! Let's beat these boys tonight in their house! It's body time. It's
2: we go. Touchdown! You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy.
0: That's right of the week. We've got two training camp practices to break down today as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 344. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with both Ben Fennel and Chris McPherson about not one, but two Eagles training camp practices. We've got Sunday's live practice over at Lincoln Financial Field. We will break that down, all of our big takeaways, the plays of the day, everything we saw from the link on Sunday as well as what we saw at the Novocare Complex on Tuesday morning. The Eagles getting some good team action in. We saw some one-on-one, so we'll break it all down right here on the show. Before we get there, a couple things we want to make sure we hit on. Number one, make sure you are subscribed over at the Journeys to the Draft podcast. Look, college football season, we are right around the corner, just a few weeks away from the first games kicking off. This is going to be a huge NFL draft for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2022. Make sure you are getting ahead on who the top names are right now. All you have to do is go over, subscribe to the Journey to the Draft podcast, Myself. Ben Fennell, Dane Brugler. Every single week, we are breaking down the top names in college football. And I'm going to be pleased to welcome in an Eagles scout, an Eagles college scout each and every week during the regular season. You don't want to miss that. Nowhere else are you going to get that level of access with an NFL personnel department. Make sure you go subscribe to the Journey to the Draft podcast. And then also, look, while you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Appreciate everybody that throws us your support. We're getting close to the NFL season. Now's the time. Really appreciate everybody to help us just promote the show. Every time you guys leave a comment or a rating, it helps the show become more visible to others looking for Eagles podcasts. That said, let's get into today's action. It's time to start things off with Chalk Talk.
2: Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk.
0: All right. Well, like I said, a lot to catch up on here. As I welcome Chris McPherson and Ben Fennel to the chat, guys. Uh, excited to get into this. We've got a couple practices to break down here. Obviously, Sunday night over at Lincoln Financial Field. Tuesday morning here at the Novacare Complex. C-Mac, uh Plenty to get into on the field. But uh, let's get into some some transactions, some injury news off the field first.
2: I got a bunch of stuff to get into. So I'll try to get through it as quickly as possible. Let's go to Sunday. Okay. Some position changes, official position changes. Look, if you've been following the podcast, if you've been reading the practice notes, no surprise whatsoever. So real quickly, Jannard Avery officially listed as a linebacker. Hakeem Butler goes from tight end to wide receiver, which is how he started his NFL career. Jack Driscoll, Gets the tackle guard designation, a little versatility there. And Adrian Killens is a wide receiver, okay? So from a transactional standpoint, Matt Leo comes off the reserve COVID-19 list. No players are on that list at this point. Blake Countess, okay? You may recall him, sixth round pick out of Auburn several years ago, 2016. Yep. He is back with the Eagles. Obi Malafonwu waved with an injury designation. has played in two games coming off and on the practice squad for the Eagles last season. Played for the Rams for three seasons. Was a part of their Super Bowl team. So let's get into the injuries. Brandon Brooks, he returned to the practice field on Sunday in limited fashion. Well, he increased his role and was with the first team unit in team drills on Tuesday. Isaac Sayamalo, return to practice on Tuesday in a limited fashion. So he's working his way back, trying to get this first team offensive line together. Ryan Kerrigan defensive end. He had hand surgery and is out for the next seven to 10 days. So he is definitely out for Thursday's preseason opener against the Steelers. We'll see about next week because we get the joint practices and that the game with the Patriots on the horizon. Cornerback Craig James. He is day to day with a foot injury and Fran, guy you've been uh, giving some love to, Casey Tucker, unfortunately, he is sidelined with a biceps injury, is week to week, Uh, some in-practice injuries. Tackle Andre Dillard, wide receiver Michael Walker, and safety Kayvon Wallace, they all left with undisclosed injuries during Tuesday's practice. So let me take a deep breath there, and Fran, I'll let you get into what that means from a depth chart standpoint.
0: Yeah. So obviously, like like you said, a a lot to unpack there. And that's what happens when you have a couple of days between podcasts. And I think, look, the, the big thing, um, as you mentioned at the top, talking about the position changes, if you've been listening to this podcast since day one of training camp, we've been talking about a lot of these guys working with those position groups. So that, that should not have come uh, to too much of a surprise. The Eagles just making it official uh, with that announcement leading up to uh, the first preseason game. Um, yeah. Some of these injuries obviously going to shake things up on the depth chart. And before we get into what we saw on the practice field today, the Eagles did announce a unofficial depth chart. And it is very important to talk about this unofficially because uh You know, it's funny because this happens every single year this time going into the first preseason game around the NFL, where a head coach for an NFL team goes to his press conference and he's asked about this depth chart that the team put out. And he's like, I haven't even looked at it. Like very often these depth charts are put together uh, by the PR staffs. Uh, So just uh, obviously you take it uh, with a bit of a grain of salt, but the Eagles did put out uh, that unofficial depth chart uh, with the game notes leading into Thursday night. So big thing here
2: because this is our final podcast, okay, before the Thursday night preseason opener against the Steelers, kickoff 7.30 p.m., Uh, Nick Sirianni was asked about the playing time for the starters, and he said that Jalen Hurts will start. How many series we'll see from him and the first-team units on both sides of the ball? Uh, He didn't want to put a number of series on that because it's a sliding scale. If the offense, I guess, goes out and As a 15-play drive and scores a touchdown, that might be the night. If they struggle early on, they might have a couple extra series of work out there. So it's kind of a wait and see, but the starters will see some action Thursday night against the Steelers. And uh, I believe that will start, of course, with our game day programming. Right, Fran? That's right.
0: We'll have, uh, the kickoff show. We'll have, uh, you know, the, the post game show as well. So make sure you go tuned into that. Uh, myself, Dave Spadaro, uh, a and, and whole cast and crew, uh, over on the, uh, over on Philadelphia Eagles.com, the Eagles mobile app and the Eagles social channels. Um, all right. So we talked about the unofficial depth chart. Just what did we see out there today? C-Mac, you talked about Brandon Brooks returning to the field. Isaac Samalu also returning in a limited fashion today, took part in some individual drills and some warm warmups, still no team action um, from him. So that would, uh, put him in at left guard. Once he takes the field for team drills, right guard, you mentioned Brandon Brooks. He saw the field today uh, with team drills. That was good to see uh, Jordan Milata, He had the, the first rep of the first team period at left tackle uh, Andre Dillard. We'll see what the, what the news is with his injury uh, that he suffered today at practice outside of that, it was more of the same, you know, the rotation at linebacker rotation at safety, uh, you know, Kayvon Wallace got the first rest, but he left practice early as well. So uh, just something for us to monitor, but uh, outside of that, let's get into some of the stuff we saw today. Uh, there was plenty to break down. Ben, uh, I'll come to you first. What was your big takeaway uh, walking off the practice field on Tuesday?
1: Well, it was just nice to get into a game week routine as we yep. had to walk through yesterday, light practice today, probably a walk through tomorrow. Now we're getting into the structure of preparing for a game. Uh, it was hot out there. It was humid. It was sticky. Um, looked a little sluggish. It wasn't that sharp. I didn't think it had really good energy. I'm ready for the pads to pop against some opponents on Thursday getting to that point in the summer where you really want kind of a litmus test and figure out where you are heading into the final weeks of camp because those final weeks are when you have to figure out what those problems were that you maybe didn't see in the mirror. So you have to see it on tape against opponents. And like you had said, CMAC love seeing Brandon Brooks back out there. He was participating in some individual stuff on Sunday under the lights at the stadium. Today, participating in team periods that meant facing Fletcher Cox and there is no better iron sharpening iron on this team than big Brandon Brooks against an all pro caliber player like Fletcher Cox, just nice seeing 79 and 91 bumping bellies out there once again. But yeah, now you have to start to kind of solidify your, your team and who the focal points are and starting to see uh who, you know, maybe some of the go-to targets are in the offense. And I thought we saw some really good connections and uh, hookups between Hertz and Dallas Goddard today. Uh, some of the better throws that uh, I've seen in camp. We'll talk about that later. Probably my plays of the day, but uh, just really nice to kind of start winding down to some actual game action here. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got. It. I feel like we're out of the the dog days of camp, where it's like the monotonous same thing each and every day. Because starting this week, I mean, obviously we have preseason game on Thursday, but. Then there's joint practices each of the next two weeks as well, and that kind of cuts through through some of that monotony. You've got New England Monday, Tuesday next week, the New York Jets uh, the week after that, the, the Tuesday, Wednesday after that. So uh, And then after that, I mean, preseason's over. We'll be talking about week one against the Atlanta Falcons. And so uh, I feel like the, the monotony of training camp uh, starting to wind down. C-Mac, uh, your big takeaway from the practice field here on Tuesday.
2: I will say with Ben noting the connections on the field, and I thought he did a great job of pointing out Dallas Goddard, who I also thought had a strong day. I'm going to look at the chemistry with the starting outside cornerbacks of Darius Slay and Steve Nelson. This was during the same series in a team period today. Slay did a great job of breaking on a comeback route on a pass intended for Jalen Rager and came up with the pass breakup. Well, Steve Nelson didn't want to be left out, So he had a pass breakup a few plays later on a throw intended for Travis Fulgham. And then earlier in practice, Nelson did a great job of getting off blocks and getting to Miles Sanders on a screen pass. And Jonathan Gannon and the defensive teammates were all excited and pumped up about the effort that Nelson showed on the play. Slay said after practice today that the two of them, they have a great chemistry. They're making each other better. They're listening and learning from one another. They have some team goals, some big aspirations for this 2021 campaign, and they know they need each other to be at optimum level to be able to achieve them. So I'm pointing out here the connection and the improvement that the secondary has shown with the addition of Steve Nelson to go along with the three-time Pro Bowler Darius Slay.
0: Yeah, to me, I mean, that's certainly going to be one of the big pairings uh, for this Eagles team going into the 2021 season. It is obviously shoring up that outside corner spot. uh, And we've talked about how much the addition of Steve Nelson means to that secondary for sure. For me, guys, I mean, the, the big thing that I kind of took away walking away from today's practice some praise for some of the rookies. Obviously, look, there's no Devontae Smith out there with the injury, no Landon Dickerson, uh, even like Jacoby Stevens banged up, right? So who are some of the rookies that are going to be making an impact as we'll get to watch them this week? Well, three of the big names that I'll have my eye on, I thought really individually kind of earned some praise throughout the course of practice today. Early on, I was over watching the running backs and linebackers uh, run pass routes down in the, in the high red zone. And Kenny Gainwell had a, a couple of nice reps early on. But the final rep, and this was great, it was the, the final rep of the drill, he runs this ridiculous Texas route in the middle of the field against Sean Bradley. It was an outstanding route, threw a little bit of an extra juke there at the very top, uh, and then broke inside, was wide open for the catch. And what was great about that, number one, it was a great way to go out on the drill, right? But then number two, all of his running back teammates, they're, they're going nuts. His running back coach, Jamal Singleton, he's going nuts. The offensive line, they're walking from the other field back over to the far field to to start their work for the team drills. They all saw, they're all hooting and hollering. Jamal Singleton was, you know, he yells over and says, That's the kind of sauce we were talking about earlier, saying, Yeah, that's what I want you to do uh, as a route runner. So, you know, Kenny Gainwell drawing some praise. He made a big catch along the sideline as well towards the end of a team period. Then you go to Milton Williams, right? the, The rookie third round pick. He did an outstanding job reading a screenplay uh, that Joe forced a Joe Flacco incompletion. So he's getting some uh, some juice from some of his teammates there. And then Marlon tui Peloto, another defensive tackle. You know, he's a a, a guy that has shown up a couple times here over the last week. I think he's really kind of starting to turn things up. And it was a, I think it was the last team. No, it was the second to last team period of the day. He had a really nice run stop, you know, right in the middle of the defense was able to wrap up the running back and like three of his defensive line teammates guys up, up there in the front seven. I think a linebacker jumped in there as well. We're all patting him on the head. So uh clearly when you look at some of these young guys, it was just good. I, I was going through my notes. I, what, what's my takeaway today to me, just seeing some of those rookies gain some recognition. Uh, it was good to see. See
2: Shocked that you didn't mention the rook, Zach McPherson. And I and I say that because Darius Slay was being asked a question about McPherson. And Slay said, Rook, just refer to him as the rook right now. He hasn't earned the name right. So amazing that you throw in McPherson, who has had a very strong camp along with those guys. But these are these are the guys who we're going to be excited to see come Thursday night. That this is who we want to see. It's been uh it's just been it's You want to see the development. You want to see the growth. It's a huge draft class. You want to see the infusion of young talent along with the, the new head coach and the coaching staff. So, so many exciting things to see come Thursday night, and these rookies are definitely going to be one of the big storylines.
1: There's been some adversity with the rookies, too. I mean, Jacoby Stevens had a nice practice, then got dinged up. Same thing with Devontae Smith. I thought Zech looked great for the first six, seven practices, came back down to earth the last two or so. So he's going to have to bounce back, and that's life of the rookie and just trying to stack practices and streamline your performances and not be up and down on a daily basis. So it's all about kind of uh, settling down as well and trying to figure out who you're going to be as a professional.
0: Ben, I'll kind of put you on the spot here for receiver DB one-on-one. So mm-hmm. I was not, I was not over there. I was watching the running backs, linebackers. Did, did anything stand out? Was there a rep or two uh, that kind of caught your eye from today with the, the receivers going up against the defensive backs?
1: Yeah, there's a couple, you know, uh, right at the end of it, the last uh, rep, Uh, as a matter of fact, in the series, rookie, you know, Zach McPherson gave up a reception. He was really frustrated right up his butt after that rep, Darius Slay came over and was working on technique or some sort of correction made Zach actually a second late for the next period. I think it was special teams, but to see the veteran come over and work with him, McPherson was clearly frustrated, but clearly looking to take that advice and get better. And my other note in the period wicked route by Greg Ward on Avante Maddox, but that wasn't my note. One of the better deep balls I had seen all of camp. hurts threw about a 50 or 55 yard fade down the right sideline to Jalen Rieger, dropped that right in the bucket over the outside shoulder. Rieger did everything right, held the red line, gave that nice window uh, for the quarterback to drop it in but Steven Nelson just does not quit on the play. Those long arms are constantly raking and poking. I don't know if he touched the ball, Rieger's hands, Rieger's shoulder, but it was just enough to disrupt that catch point and force the incompletion. But one of the better throws I saw from Jalen hurts and maybe one of the better days throwing the ball. In the intermediate and deep parts of the field for our quarterback. But you I missed can't that always, play. I forgot that you know, play. You can't make the throw and make the catch, you know, so you need everyone to do their part out there. Jalen Hurts threw
0: some nice balls up. Well, let's go. I actually, I was going to say this for a little bit later, but I, that's a great segue. Uh, I was going to ask look, we didn't talk about Sunday's practice over at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, so I figured, all right, for our plays of the day, Let's incorporate both days of practice and say, all right, we'll talk about Tuesday and Sunday. Is there an individual rep or a couple of reps that stand out to you, Ben? You mentioned uh, you wanted to talk about some of these Jalen Hurts throws earlier in the show. Well, I'll
1: let you guys touch on the, the Sunday throws. I'll stick to today. And I thought he had two of the better intermediate throws in all of camp. Intermediate, not the deep balls not the quick game, really working that second layer of the defense over the linebackers in front of the safeties. And he had two beautiful throws to Dallas Goddard with timing, rhythm, and anticipation on both of them. The first was during the second team period. Hertz was able to layer a throw over the linebackers as Goddard was coming on a crossing route from the backside. And then later in the next period, very similar route with the crossing route but he had to kind of choose the window over the defender, Anthony Harris, I believe uh, safety playing on that second level of the defense was able to anticipate that throw just to the left of Harrison coverage, right on time, just before the safety was able to come on the other side, but two really nice passes. And let's face it guys. There are a lot of eyeballs and a lot of emphasis on the intermediate and deep passing game from Jalen hurts. It's an area he needs to be better with, needs to improve on. And today is certainly something to start building on and stacking performances as we head into real game action and the regular season. I think Sunday's performance, in combination with today, some of the better three-day windows I've seen from Hurts. Uh, so I honest- thought
2: the deep ball... I was just going to say, I thought the deep ball was one of the stronger aspects of his game at the end of last season when he took over as the starter. When you look at the number of completions of 30 plus yards, he had that one beautiful touchdown to Deshaun Jackson to kick off that Dallas game late in the season. I, I think he does a great job of putting the ball where he can give the receiver a chance. And we've seen it a couple of times between Sunday's practice with the number of plays and the plays that you mentioned here today, Ben. And just
1: like coach Sirianni said, we don't want to be an extreme anything. So Hertz created a lot of those plays, maybe a little out of structure. We want to see more of the in-structure, straight drop back, rhythmic pass game that we're starting to see that balance of. Like Sirianni always says, you don't want to be an extreme anything. You want to have that good balance of being able to create multiple ways. I think we saw a little bit of the yin last year. Now let's fix it with the yang and we'll have that full circle complete.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's all about trying to have as many ways to defeat an opponent as possible. That's really ultimately at every single position. Uh, that's what you're rooting for. And, and to me, those intermediate area throws, especially in the middle of the field, those are the separating throws for me when you're talking about quarterbacks and what is it that separates, you know, great from good, good from solid, solid from below average. Like if you've got that ability to make those throws at the intermediate level, layer throws over the underneath defenders, underneath the safety, uh, in traffic, in the middle of the field, uh, that Goddard throw was outstanding. I mean, that's exactly what you're looking for. That's where Um, you have the
1: most bodies, the most movement, the tighter windows. You know, it gets hard to throw over that middle of the field, but it's imperative and it seems like all the best quarterbacks around the league, Fran, seem to really like to attack that window
0: yeah and you know we, we when we watch college quarterbacks it's like okay uh you know what's a, a quote unquote ecology a, a offense all right well if it's a, lot, a, a ton of quick game rpo it's a lot of fades down the sideline you know the, the design shot plays the ones where you have the quarterback operating in the middle of the field you need to be able to do that in the nfl to be able to play the position at a high level so seeing jalen make some of those throws today and then also paired with some of the throws that he made on Sunday. And to me, uh, C-Mac, obviously the, the play that caught everybody uh, was that <laughs> big play to Quez Watkins uh, relatively late in practice.
2: No question, because Hurts is, first he's rolling to his left, he's under pressure, and then he throws the ball 55 yards in the air. And look, it wasn't like Watkins is wide open. He's throwing the ball up for Watkins. It's a contested catch situation, and Watkins high points the ball over Anthony Harris comes down with it, and scores the touchdown. Now, again, protection is a big thing. The offensive line is a big reason for optimism this season, and this was something that, Ben, you pointed out in the practice notes. It was the protection that allowed Hurts to have the few extra seconds to be able to make that play in the air.
0: Yeah, Jason Kelsey uh, running step for step with Jalen Hurts uh, out to the perimeter. Uh, it was uh, certainly a big part of that play. And to me, like that's kind of what Ben was alluding to earlier. Was we've seen Jalen Hurts make those kinds of big plays outside of structure. You want him to make those plays, but you also wanted to see make plays within the rhythm of the play call, right? And to me, uh, they at the end of Sunday's practice, they were they did the two minute drill. They're going to move the ball down the field. The offense, the starting offense, was able to get a field goal drive. On that uh, on that possession, and the reason why was the first third and long. It was third down. The defense had a couple of nice stops. Jalen Hurts drops back and within rhythm hits Travis Fulgham down the right sideline. A beautiful touch throw outside the numbers. Fulgham comes through with a great acrobatic catch to the ground. Great throw, great catch. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for all these things. So for me, like really good sign that Jalen Hurts are starting to stack a couple of really good practices together. We've seen some good throws, not just quick game, not just the the design deep balls, and not just outside of structure but he's checking lots of boxes. He's, he's hitting uh, receivers in all different areas of the field, inside and outside of structure. I, I think that that's a really good sign. But that, to me, that was uh, maybe one of the biggest you know, plays of the, of the week, or not even just over the last two days. Uh, I loved that throw late in practice from
2: Hertz to, uh, to Travis Fogel. I was going to say, for me, that the Watkins play on the other yeah, side, I mean, time. again, a lot, lot of big highlight real plays. It, it's great to see. it has been a lot about the defensive line and the sustained pressure. We talked about the secondary here and, and the pass breakups. It's good to see a balance. You want to see the offense win some. You want to see the defense win some. Uh, but like you said, Fran, seems like the offense is starting to find its rhythm here, and things are starting to click as we inch closer to this preseason opener on Thursday.
1: And you know what I went and did yesterday after that practice Sunday night? I went and put on some Southern Miss tape of Quez Watkins. And I said, you know what? I used to watch it just for the 4-3 speed. Let me watch it with a different lens here. Let me really watch him at the catch point. Because he was making so many impressive, strong plays at the catch point on Sunday night. And you put back that tape on at Southern Miss, he was competitive. He was aggressive. He had strong hands. He worked back to the ball. He looked much more competitive and strong at the catch point than I maybe gave him credit for. And maybe it's that lean, slight frame and the four, three speed that kind of, you know, were the headlines on his resume as a prospect, but seeing some of those catches Sunday night, I think it was a uh, kind of an eye opener to me just to see how, you know, how uh, good and strong he was making
0: plays on the ball too.
2: Well, and that's what music to have in the background. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> uh the, the thing to remember <laughs> is that you know, when you're talking about guys that are built like Quez Watkins, is that that like, explosive linear frame? It's not a guy that's in a five foot nine, 175 pounds. You're talking about a guy that's six foot plus and has those long arms. When you are when you are built like that and you run four three, that doesn't just mean speed. That means explosiveness and leaping ability. That ability to go up and over people, and he flashes that ability. I mean, there's no question. And now what you're seeing is receivers. Very often, they come from an offense in college where maybe they weren't, they didn't run a full route tree, or you know, they just weren't a disciplined route runner. They didn't get to do a great job with the release package against press coverage. That was Quiz Watkins a year ago. Then you go for a full year of development. You're working on your craft. You're trying to get better at the details. And now you're not doing as much thinking out there. Your routes are a little bit crisper. They're a little bit sharper. And you're seeing that from Quez Watkins. I mean, every day he's been making plays in practice. And honestly, that was my big takeaway from Sunday, guys, was just, you know, seeing him make plays. It wasn't just that deep ball. I mean, he had a big catch, uh, in the two minute trail. He had the deep dig that he caught. That was that was in the seven on seven, right from Flacco. He had a touchdown from Flacco in the opening team period. I mean, he had, he played, had plays in each and every, uh, team session on Sunday over at the link. So, uh, to me looking at Quez Watkins, like, all right, like this is a guy that's making a play to earn his job on this team, right? He is without question having an outstanding camp. So, uh, Quez Watkins, that was my big takeaway coming from Sunday. C-Mac. I don't know if you had some, uh, that was a big takeaway for you.
2: No, I really, it was the J- Jalen hurts in the deep ball and the explosives of the past game, A uh, credit to the fans, 26,000, almost 26,000 fans, uh, you know, in attendance, it, it was just a great scene. Great to have that reunion, uh, that love affair between the, the team and the fans back again. It, it makes for such a different atmosphere. It, it's going to be so interesting to see a guy like Jalen hurts. Who's going through his first, you know, full season as a starter, have to deal with these different environments, these road environments that he didn't have to a year ago, did have to in Dallas uh, at the end of last season, but overall, you know, a lot of these stadiums, especially you look at, at the Eagles and, and Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles did not have the home field advantage due in large part to not having fans there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to make a big difference for teams coming to Lincoln link this, this season. No question about it.
0: It was just awesome to have that atmosphere, uh, that, that buzz over at the stadium. Ben, uh, your big takeaway from uh, from Sunday. Take us out here. So two quick takeaways here. One, I'm predicting right now, I think we
1: have the most diverse run game in the NFL. When we get under center or we're about to run the team offense, you know, some run plays are coming on early downs. I have no idea what's coming, whether it's lateral runs, inside zone, power, hand it to the running back, zone reads, you know, end arounds. I feel like they're so diverse. And I think the strength is in the offensive line. I mean, Lane Johnson can move you and play on the perimeter. Jason Kelsey is as athletic as they come, whether it's Dillard or Malata, very versatile skill set. Obviously, the guards uh, have been all over the place, expecting Brandon Brooks and Samalo in there. But just a very diverse skill set. And the other thing, this tight end position, we talk about, you know, Tyree Jackson a little bit. Richard Rogers is out there. Caleb Wilson. There's some former receivers, former quarterbacks, converts. You think they can all contribute in the pass game. I got news for you. These tight ends have to block too. Mm. Who do they sometimes have to block? Defensive ends. Who's moving to defensive end lately? Milton Williams, nearly 300 pounds, man. Sometimes it's Richard Rogers one-on-one against Milton Williams, or today we saw Tyree Jackson one-on-one against nearly 300-pound Milton Williams. That tight end spot isn't so sexy all the time. You know, <laughs> I mean, if the catch book passes in the end zone, the red zone, make their plays you know down the field stretching the seam they gotta do some dirty work too too. and sometimes it's not a fun assignment out there especially the way our defensive linemen play up and down the front sometimes luck of the draw hey I gotta block the backside in here oh shoot that's you know Derek Barnett or Milton Williams oh Fletcher Cox is kicked out this time suddenly life comes at you fast so just little funny moments like that out there especially Tyree just being a former quarterback it's like uh you know, you know, you know, life comes at you fast in the NFL field out here. Just, uh, just kind of funny to watch them.
0: I mean, a year ago, the guy was in the film room watching film with with Josh Allen in Buffalo. He was a, okay. literally a quarterback a year ago, so it's yeah, he's, uh, certainly now he's out literally of
1: battling three hundred pound defensive ends, you know, trying to max protect for another quarterback to look down the field. Just, uh, funny to see these guys kind of transition
0: and do whatever they can to make an NFL team. You and I have, you know, we're watching film of whether it's college or NFL. We'll pause the screen, we'll pause the tape. Sometimes we'll just look and it was like you sure you wanted to make this move? Are you sure this is exactly what you wanted to do? And I feel like that's one of those scenarios where it's like, man, like it seemed like a good idea. It's a, (laughs) that certainly is tough sledding uh, at times at the point of attack. Well, guys, uh, we broke down two practices here today. We'll, we've got plenty to talk about when we come back. We'll have we'll be uh, doing another podcast the day the Eagles practice next, which will be, I believe, Saturday, C-Mac, right? Nothing on Friday. Not until Saturday. No. We'll back Saturday. Uh, so a few more days you've got where you don't have to listen to us, but uh, make sure you're tuning in to the game on Thursday night. We'll, we'll talk about what we saw uh, on Thursday as well. So plenty to break down as we come back here on the Eagle Line in the Sky podcast. Ben C-Mac, we'll talk to you later this week. If you're listening to this podcast, and I know you're a lot like me, you're really excited for football to be back. You're excited for Eagles football to be back. And if you live in the Philadelphia area, you do not want to miss your chance to come and see football live and in person. You can come see the Eagles practice this summer. Do not miss the 2021 Eagles live and in-person at Training Camp Public Practices presented by Independence Blue Cross. They're right across the street from the Novocare Complex, right over at Lincoln Financial Field. Tickets are on sale now for just $10. And all of those proceeds benefit Eagles Autism Challenge. So go online, get your tickets now at philadelphieagles.com slash public practice and get your first look at the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles. Well, great stuff there from both Ben and C-Mac, who you can follow on Twitter just like I do. And while you're at it, I'm at Eagles XOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on any form of social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. And I want to give a shout-out today to Fabian from Philly, who left a five-star review asking a question. He said, hey, guys, I really liked – uh, Kavon Wallace as a prospect in college due to his ability to cover wide receivers from the slot in both man-to-man and in zone coverage and also contribute in the box. So, I liked him for that third safety role, but not really playing down from depth often. I don't hear much about him in camp covering wide receivers. Does this happen much or only in things like when defending the occasional three-receiver set? So, Fabian, great question. And, and no, we're not really seeing the safeties one-on-one with the receivers, especially not in one-on-ones, but I think when you get into team drills, Look, it's not necessarily a matchup that people are going to be looking for. And look, when you have the slot corner depth that the Eagles do have, you've got Avante Maddox, Josiah Scott has, has had some really good reps uh, each and every day here with training camp. The Eagles are going to try and get as much out of those guys as possible during practice. Now, In a game, does that mean that we won't see one of these safeties have to get matched up with a receiver? Certainly. I mean, that's going to happen at some point. Uh, But I think what we've typically seen is that Anthony Harris has been the one that's been rolled down playing closer to the line of scrimmage at times. And he's been matched up uh, with a tight end or with a number three receiver. And Kayvon Wallace has been playing a little bit more deep when they go into those single high looks. So it's something that we'll watch. I'm excited to see what this defensive scheme looks like, especially on the back end. I, I agreed with you. I really liked Kayvon Wallace as a prospect as well. I thought he checked a lot of boxes for today's new age safety. as a, a strong safety, play close to the line of scrimmage, be able to match up at times. Uh, he, he's a really tough, instinctive player based off college film, so I'm excited to see what he looks like in year two of this scheme. Just like we talked about the development of Quez Watkins earlier with Ben and with C-Mac. Same thing with a lot of these other young guys, and Kayvon is one of them. I'm a, I can't wait to see him get extensive action here this uh, here this preseason. Hopefully the injury he suffered today, uh, nothing too, too serious uh, as he did leave practice as CMAC updated us earlier. So, Fabian, great question. Thank you, and thank you to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you later this week.